Welcome to Watershed's November podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove. I'm the cinema curator at Watershed and delighted that you've joined us for this one. I am really thrilled by the fact that we've been getting audiences back over the past couple of months. Uh, October has been really busy, and um, particularly Wes Anderson's French Dispatch has really got audiences back into uh, Watershed, back into the cinema. We've increased capacity, we're now at 75%. We've still got relaxed screenings for people that want to go to reduced capacities, but it, it feels like cinema is back and I'm, I'm really thrilled by that. But also, our partnerships um, have been happening more in venue now. Um, last year, people remember that we everybody pivoted online, so film festivals happened online. Film festivals online are just not the same thing. Um, they are not festivals. They are online um, activ- activities. Um, nothing quite beats the experience of getting people together in the cinema, um, sharing that experience and then going into cafe bar and having a lively discussion about what they've what they've just seen. So I'm really pleased that those partnerships and, and, and events are, are beginning to happen in, in the venue. And I'm delighted to be joined by two people whose um, events and who are part of events that are happening this month. And that is uh, Annie Mentor, who is the director of Africa Eye Film Festival, which is happening in November. Um, And also Lola McKinnon, who is MA Curation Student Placement at Watershed and whose final year project or final project for for the MA um, New Frontiers Myth and Masculinity is taking place this month and taking place very much in venues. In, in the cinema at Watershed and in venues across Bristol. So, Annie, if I can come to you first, um, as I say, across Bristol, because Africa Eye is not just at Watershed, it's happening It's happening across the city, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And um, just to sort of echo what you've said, of the choice this year was, you know, do you do a festival online or do you do it for real? And uh, I guess we've just said yeah let's do it for real and and if it doesn't happen then but let's go for it and uh and sort of encouraged by your team at Watershed to you know obviously tentatively and I know you've got reduced audience numbers but um I think that experience of being in the cinema sitting with people watching a film and then as you say the the discussions afterwards and as you know um Africa I always has Q&As after the Mm. uh, films and uh, those are a really important part of engaging audiences and those conversations will then go on in the bar afterwards and it just completely enriches the experience of watching the film. No it very much brings it alive doesn't it? Um, Sure yeah yeah and and, and so yeah I mean although Watershed is the home of Africa Eye I hope that Bristol is the home of Africa Eye too the sort of wider venues and uh, this year we're 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 working with the Cube Cinema. We're also working a new, um, completely new experience of the old picture house in Totterdown. And that's okay. that's an extraordinary quirky, and I would encourage anybody to come and um, enjoy the film that we're films that we're showing there. Um, we're also stepping out of, of Bristol and going to the Curzon Cinema in Clevedon, which is a, also a wonderful venue. Mm-hmm. And we're partnering with Rising Arts, young um, creative agency. Uh, 
and they're going to be curating the film Rocks, which I know you showed last year at Watershed. Um, and they're going to be talking about it afterwards and they'll have seen it before. And I think they're very excited to have that opportunity to sort of step into the role of curation and find out what that is. And Yuella um, Jackson, yeah. who's, um, who worked at Watershed, is obviously now working with Rising Arts and uh, she's kind of uh, shaping that up for the Monday of the, the festival. Because I, I remember the great thing about Rocks was, um, you know, it's, it, it's young young people, school age, you know, teenagers in London, mm. um, female, I mean, it's, it's kind of largely um, kind of female orientated. And um, it, it's, but it's, 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 the characters have all got very deep roots with Africa. They've got African heritage. They're maybe yeah. first generation. Um, and so you've, you, it's very much about, them at school but also them at home and the kind of culture that they go into in their homes I thought it was fantastic about that film was that you really got the kind of Somali for example and the main character the Somali kind of heritage well that was just there um, in her in in home. And I think you know totally reflects many many young people's experience in Britain today and uh, I think that's what I loved about it and uh, I think that actually showing films to young people is really, really important and encouraging young people to watch films because, you know, they're about lives lived, they're about lives imagined, but, and, and all the bits in between. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's often something that, you know, when you talk to young people, they say, oh no, I, I go to the cinema at half term or, um, you know, maybe in the summer holidays. And they're always films that are prescriptive for, for children and young people. And um, there's so much more. Um, well, and, and, and the thing is, and, and the thing is that you know, I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of easy to say Africa, but of course, you know, as we know, Africa is a continent, and many, many, many countries, many, many languages, many, many cultures. And I was, I was just thinking back to when when Africa I was set up. I, I it was Simon Bright who approached me, and uh, um, and Simon is kind of he's a producer, he's a film producer, um, he's. Um, but he's, he's white Zimbabwean and he was in exile, I guess, mm. uh, living in Western Supermare. Um, <laughs> it was just, I, I just, you know, it was, it was, it was but, it, but it did feel as though um, very much that the Africa had, had and, and Simon, as it were, that conflict in that country and that experience had, had, had come into Watershed Cafe Bar to talk to me about, you know, Mark, what about a, um, you know, Africa, what about an African um, film festival? And when I found out more, knew that he was, you know, really well um, connected. He was making films along with Ingrid, his partner, Ingrid Sinclair, who'd, who'd, who'd made work um, there. And and kind of that's that was the origins, um, I guess, of it. And and how so how did you get involved, um, Annie? At what point did you sort of come on board? And Well, I, I was... Uh friends with Ingrid many, many moons ago when she was in Bristol before she moved out to Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when they came back, you know, we picked up that friendship and um, and I became very interested in Africa. I mean, I've, I've always had a huge interest since I was, you know, many, many moons ago, 50 years ago when I traveled in Morocco for mm -hmm. six months, you know, mm -hmm. hippiedom. And, uh, but that for me, that planted a seed that was, you know it's it's been growing ever since and yeah. uh, uh, I've followed I suppose followed that um, 
in, you, and, in many different ways. I mean, I, I, I studied textiles and uh, particularly African textiles, and uh, I had a bursary to go out to Nigeria. So I've spent quite a lot of time in Nigeria um, working with women making textiles and um, looking at the patterns and, you know, discovering the trade links and everything that influences a piece of cloth. So that became an absolute passion for me. And I came back and I talked um, about about text, African textiles. And um, I then, I mean, I, I, I became a friend of Africa Eye and then went on the board of Africa Eye. And, and then when Simon and Ingrid decided to step back, they said, Annie, why don't you, you know, take it, you know, you yeah. love things. So I, I came with not a, a broad knowledge of African film, but a, a complete um, an interest in, and, um, and that's been fantastic. And, and also, I, I, because I worked with WOMAD for 20 years, yeah. I, you know. No, no, no small thing, Annie, that you, you, you program <laughs> a, a, you programmed musicians and events and activities at, at WOMAD. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that was, has been a, a, was, and, you know, in many ways, the connections continue to be hugely enriching, and it's been my, my life, really, yeah. and uh, particularly working with musicians, but also with dancers and poets yeah. and um, you know, performing arts, uh, it, it, yeah, that's, it's all, and, and one feeds the other, yeah. and that was the thing, when I came to Africa Eye, I wanted to actually give the film a broader context as well, and show the connections that there are between, that, you know, yeah. a dance project could actually inform a film about dance, or about the country, or another aspect of that country, so, yeah, it, it's, it's all wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and music's a, a strong theme in, in this year's selection, isn't it? It is indeed, and uh, I was very excited to um, to actually come across the film Elders Corner um, when I was on the panel for um, Rye uh, this year, and was rise the um, rise the Royal Anthropological Institute Film Festival. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, and um, it it kind of ignited a whole thing inside me, a memory really of, of being in Nigeria, hearing music everywhere. And uh, I think one of, you know, my most exciting moments was actually, you know, going to the shrine and hearing Felakuti. And yeah. uh, that was extraordinary. Um, but what was extraordinary is the ordinary in a sense. It's every village you go to, there is there is music and, and extra, extraordinarily good music mm. um, and traditional music as well. But music that moves on in different ways and uh, so Elder's Corner is a is a remarkable film I think made by Siji Awoyinka uh, who is Nigerian and went back to Nigeria because of a collection of music that he had he went back to look for the old guys who had been playing in the 60s 70s yeah. to see who was still alive and and interview them and find out about that time because I think well, West African music, but Nigerian in particular, has had one of the biggest influences on Western music um, to come out of Africa. So, yeah, yeah that's and that, and that influence. That influence is, um, is is also there with the, the live event yeah. that, that you've got yeah. organised with uh, Justin Adams, who's an amazing guitarist and hugely influenced by the the, the music you've said and the kind of African um, rhythms. Um, and particularly people like Tinarawin and, and um, bands like that, but um, has brought that into working with Robert Plant and um, some of the music that, that Robert Plant's been making. Well, I think Justin is a wonderful example of somebody who 
collaborates and collaborates really well and genuinely. And um, I mean, he was brought up in North Africa and um, he has that strong connections there still and, and has this amazing love of the blues and the blues within North African music, really, which he finds in so many different ways. And, and uh, for us, I mean, you know, for me in my life, I think collaboration is really important. Mm. Collaboration, not separation. And so, you know, for him, he's worked with so many different African musicians um, from across the continent, as well as people like Robert Plant. And um, he's and he, and he he's a very generous musician. Mm. And uh, I think this new collaboration with um, Mohamed Araba uh, is a really interesting one, and and it really channels the his love of Gnawa music from Morocco. And uh, I think it'll be a great gig in the bar afterwards. Yeah, it'll be, fun, it'll be fantastic. And, and But there is, I mean, Justin is a kind of local connection as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. you begin to find all these, these, you know, as you can imagine, all the kind of range of connections. But there is a kind of local Bristol-based strand really within the festival. You've got some um, Bristol-made films. Do you want to tell us about those? Yeah, well, um, we embarked, I had a, I, I was percolating an idea last year in 2020 and thinking, gosh, it would be great to have someone make a film about people of African heritage on the allotments in Bristol. Um, you know, this is something that's been happening since Windrush and, you know, that contribution and that injection of new way, new produce that was brought to, to this country through seeds that people brought from Jamaica, Barbados. Um, and I just kind of, yeah, percolated last year. And then um, talking with one of our board members, Ruth Bush, who's a lecturer at Bristol University. And I was talking about how we, we could get some money and who would do this. And she said, well, if you can, I think I might be able to, you know, see where, if there is any money at the university. And very fortunately, we were given a grant by um, Temple Quarter, who are building all the new buildings for Bristol mm. University. Um, and then I came across, um, well, I knew Manu Monganidze, who is a Zimbabwean living in Bristol and um, a great advocate for a greener Britain, a greener, and for access to green spaces. And he'd been working at Smwabergs City Farm and producing a report for uh, Bristol City Council. And with Esther, who is our producer this year. Uh, we, we then found Ty Aziz, who was a young filmmaker in Bristol. And we said, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so that's what we've been doing. Um, it's a little Africa Eye production. We've been doing that over this year. Great. And it's just, yeah, just been edited and um, we're there. And it was gonna be a very short, maybe 10 minutes. It's gone to half an hour now. And, um, Amazing and a, a terrific editor, a guy called Matt Jarvis, has been working on it. And um, fingers crossed, it'll um, yeah. Yeah, not great. It. And thank you. We're going to screen it at Watershed on the Sunday, fourteenth. And and there'll be a there'll be a, a, a Q and A after it. Yep, there will, and yeah. several people from the film will be coming yeah. to speak. Brilliant. So, Great. Um, it's such a great, um, as you say, an opportunity to find out more, um, to participate, and and re really, I mean, find out more about, um, you know, what some some just a little glimpse of what's happening in in African culture, but the connections with Bristol and the connections uh, more locally, I think, are also um, yeah, I mean, there to be there to be discovered. Yeah, I mean, the connections are really really strong, and um, one of the things that we wanted to do this year was to actually. Um, 
find some new partnerships, which we, we've done with um, uh, Shiba Soul, Akula mm. Agbami, is, is bringing um, a film with um, made by Florence Ayisi, um, mm. which is the Bronze Man of Cameroon, and we're screening that on the Sunday as well, and there'll be a Q&A afterwards with, between Florence and um, Akula. Yeah, great. Uh, and yeah, and sort of rising arts, and um, yeah, who are, I can't think of who our other partners are this year, but Ophelia oh, Road Playground, we're going to have a pop-up screening there with uh, storytelling, with a South African storyteller. Um, and, oh. yeah. so people can find out um, more about the, the, the whole festival at your website, which is yeah. Africa Eye, and that's Africa with a K, yeah. africaeye.org.uk. And it, it runs from the 8th to the 16th of November across the city. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's at Watershed over the weekend of Friday the 12th to Sunday the 14th. So lots for people to watch and, and get involved. So great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks very much, Annie. Well, and, thank and, you for being our hosts. <laughs> <laughs> another, um, as I mentioned earlier, another um, event that we do at this time of year because, you know, Africa Eye is a, is a regular of um, the Watershed programme and we're delighted, so delighted to have it in, in venue. We obviously had to miss out last year. Um, and another, another activity that we do is the partnership with the University of West of England on the MA in curation. And we have a placement as part of that. Um, and every year that placement delivers a programme of work which happens um, in November. And I'm delighted to be joined by Lola McKinnon, who is this year's placement on MA curation. Um, but, but Lola, you've had a, a little bit of a, a COVID break in between. You, start, you started in January last year. Yeah. Yeah, and then... I came back, I think, in May 2021. Yes, because obviously November last year did not happen in the way that, <laughs> in the way that it was supposed to. Um, but this year it's back. Um, and, and so, yeah, you've, you've had the COVID break like all of us. Um, and then come... How, how's that been sort of, you know, because obviously the MA is a, a full-time year thing and, and um, having that break in between must have been really quite <laughs> discombobulating. Yeah, I think it was definitely a big shock to us all. And it was kind of like, oh my goodness, I've got this year and I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. But I think actually it's been a really valuable experience because I've, I kind of was in the building, like being involved in all, like, for example, Cinema Rediscovered, the meetings for that and the planning for that. And then coming back a year later and actually being at Cinema Rediscovered and seeing like what a change and how things had to be kind of, I think some of the things that happened were actually really exciting, like the hybrid events, for example. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, actually, yeah. I don't know if, if that would have been something that would have happened before, like one of the the film producers was, like, streamed into the cinema, which is just really yeah. exciting. Yeah. So I think it, there's definitely been some kind of, like, there's been a lot to learn from the experience. And I guess yeah. that that's kind of the point of doing the placement, isn't it? It's, like, seeing how organisations work. Yeah, yeah. Seen how we responded to the yeah the, the, the chaos, um, but as you say, you know the hybrid thing is something that, that and in fact I meant to say um, Annie, I meant to say um, as we're sort of winding up there that we are actually hoping to, we're closing Africa Eye with with um, at Watershed with Lingu um, mm. Sacred Bonds, Mohammed Saleh um, Harun's um, film 
and um, we're hoping to get an interview with with him from he's at the Thessalonica uh, yeah. Film Festival, but we're hoping we might get an interview with him. Yeah, it's great. It will be fantastic yeah. to get that. And and of course, that's all. That's all. What that's the benefits of digital and and being able to sort of respond with that sort of hybrid. Uh, so we. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But but the MA, um, Lola, just tell us a bit about what you've been doing with the um, in the MA. Yeah, so it's it's a very interdisciplinary course. So there's, there's there was originally about ten of us on the course. Now there's about seventeen, and we come from a really broad variety of backgrounds. So there's like fine art, um, heritage, film, which is amazing because it's so kind of collaborative and. But yeah, the course is kind of split between one day on campus having like lectures, workshops, and then one day a week on placement, mm. um, which is kind of the reason that I decided to do the course because I think having that like practical experience and you know getting to put on a season at Watershed is a mm. really really valuable experience. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of like learning about kind of curatorial histories, developing audiences for. Mm. Uh, for the arts. Um, when, you, when you say interdisciplinary, the, the students are placed at an amazing range of um, mm -hmm. of places um, from, you know, Watershed Amalfini, Spike Island, SS Great Britain, but, but wider um, uh, to Hauser and Worth Gallery in Bruton. Um, gal is it the Photography Gallery in Cardiff, I think? Um, uh, chapter in Cardiff. Oh, chapter in, in Cardiff. Yeah. And then a, um, Gloucester as well. So it's, I mean, the course is. I mean, the course has really expanded since since that, since it started when we were involved because it was very. Um, it was actually based all around the harbour side, I think, it, it, in Bristol. So it's really it's really growing, which shows um, the demand for the course. And as you say, it's that interdisciplinary that I think it really sort of benefits from. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be growing even more next year. Yeah. And, and your area of interest, because you're putting on, um, uh, your, your programme is New Frontiers, Myth and Masculinity. Just tell us about that, how you kind of came to that idea. Yeah, so in all honesty, I, I've never really been a big Western fan. I think, I mean, I hadn't really seen... This is the this is the kind of when we say Western, what we're talking about is a particular genre coming out of Hollywood. Yeah. Um it, it, it was really the kind of I describe it as the kind of origin myth of of of, of American of American cinema. Um it's the kind of thing that I would come home, I'd see my dad watching, and I just would think, well, this doesn't look like there's much in here for me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I, I just didn't think that I would find anything in it that I could really engage with or relate to. Then I saw First Cow last year, the Kelly Reichardt film, which we're bringing back as part of this season. Mm. And it just, everything that I expected a Western to do, everything that like I knew about the genre, it was just completely turned upside down. I mm. loved it. It was like so tender, so gentle. And I thought, oh, okay, this is like- You don't, you don't do tender and gentle in the, no. <laughs> in, in the West, no. <laughs> um, so the season really is kind of, looking at three female filmmakers from across the world. So Kelly Weikart from the US, um, also Lucretia Martel, who's an Argentinian filmmaker. Um, her film Zama, we're also bringing back, that was a 2017 film. Mm. Um, and then it's coinciding really well with the new Jane Campion film, which I'm so excited about, The Power mm. of the Dog, mm. um, 
which was it was made in New Zealand, but it's set in in the US. And I just want to kind of use these films as a way of kind of revisiting the genre and, and kind of looking at what I kind of thought it was from a surface level, and maybe like delving a little bit deeper. Mm. Um, particularly looking at because something that I'm really interested in is masculinity and I think there's a lot of people that like there's a lot of thinking about the male gaze and how women are represented on screen and there's not so much about kind of reversing that and looking at um at masculinities and kind of toxic masculinities and you know the the impact that that has on broader society I think with with the western um specifically it's it's a genre that's so reflective of like the society of that time. So like with the early Westerns, the post-war kind of period and and the man, the type of man that that um, kind of John Wayne character represents. So yeah. it's really it's really interesting because you, you know, you, you, The Power of the Dog, um, Jane Campion, I, I, I saw it at um, London Film Festival uh, last month. And um, the, the thing that I, because I'm like your dad, uh, I have to say. I, I grew up on on westerns. I mean, John Wayne was there. Uh, you know, I grew up with John Wayne. I grew up with watching those films. Um, and then, of course, you, you as you get older, you realise the difficulties of you know the man, the myth, as you say, um, but also the the, the 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 representations of masculinity that you're being um, presented with. And you know, there was that was the reason why boys wore um cowboy outfits and you know things 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 like that but of course you're talking about western white boys um you know the, how, how it was received elsewhere is another uh, another thesis in itself but but because this, this but that that earlier learning from my side or how you know made me when i watched the power of the dog i thought benedict cumberbatch no He's not, he's not, he's on a horse in the West. And sorry, he's not cutting it. He's just not cutting it. And, and of course, um, you know, as the film goes on, the, the, you realise there's an absolute reason why Jane Campion has really brilliantly cast Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, you know, no plot spoilers, but, but you really see how she's playing, as you say, with those kind of ideas and those myths of representation. Mm. Yeah, just that, that I, sorry. Well, sorry, Annie, go on. I was just going to say, you know, what film does, it allows it allows us to challenge those stereotypes. I mean, you know, turn things on their head. And, and, and that's just brilliant because stereotypes need to be pulled apart. Yeah. And, and, and the myths as well. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, for, from all sides. That's, that's really important. Well, this is, this is why, um, you know, th the three films that, Lola's um, focused in on. Um, you know, I, I hadn't um, sort of you know, until we started thinking about it more. Hadn't quite realised. You know, here's three women. Um, the films are connected by engaging with the the, the West in in some shape or form. I think mm -hmm. um, Lucia tells Zama is about colonialism, but it's about the kind of Western colonialisation of of South America, the beginnings of that. And then Kelly Reichardt, as you say, Lola. Um, flips the the kind of rugged west on its head uh, for it to be a tender west and then power of the dog but these are three women who are really redefining or reshaping those kinds of um those kinds of mythologies that have been built up through hollywood in effect you know so yeah as you say annie it really sort of it, it allows that to be re-engaged re with you know mm -hmm. sorry lola yeah and i think that 
they focus a lot more on the kind of subverting that sort of heroic um, pioneer figure into actually the reality of it is, is that it was probably quite mundane and probably quite bureaucratic and you know they still had to cook and they still had to clean and actually like yeah. that is probably what those pioneers spent the majority of their time doing and I think that that's really interesting and that allows for those kind of like really close up like tender portraits and and the, the thing is they're not anti-western you know you, they're not um somehow deconstructing the western in a in a um in a way they, they there is you can see in the the filmmaking particularly um Jane Campion's Power of the Dog there's a there's a there is a love of the scenery of the setting of the you know the the historical context of it I think is really so it's not like it's a kind of anti Western. It's not like it's, as I say, deconstructing it, but it's 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 inverting it or it's reframing it, I guess. Mm. Well, it's interesting because the Campion film it's set in the 1920s, so it's like a hundred years or more after the kind of actual pioneers would have been there. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that she said that the Cumberbatch character he would have been ordering his kind of like cowboy gear from a catalogue because <laughs> the Jesse Plemons character he kind that of like cowboys don't order the <laughs> gear from catalogues in a suit and you know there's no reason that he's a cowboy but it is that like performance of that yeah. that kind of hero character yeah and now they'd be ordering it through the internet yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but this, I mean, it does follow on on um, um, the rider that that was released, um, Chloe Zhao, um, the rider that was released uh, a couple of years back. It kind of follows on a bit from that, and also I guess the 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 the, the real sort of reinterpretation, or not real, but the first kind of thing that I saw that that, that kind of reframed it was was Ang Lee's um, Brokeback Mountain, um, which which you, you know caused caused a lot of. Um, outrage at the time because of the subject matter um, and the, as you say the, t the, the kind of tenderness that was presented between two two, two men um, that hadn't been sort of um, I mean it's, it's a difficult one to, 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 to be so absolute about westerns in, in Hollywood because there are many films that you can then go to which says well actually this, this might be seen as a straightforward western but actually it's not you know if you think of um, you know, it's a kind of subversion of it within. Anyway, that's for another time and for another discussion. Maybe that's the kind of follow-up season. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but um, Lola, you're going to be doing um, introductions um, to the to the screenings and also a, a, a bit of a talk um, about about the season. Yeah. And then yeah, you and I will be in discussion as well. Yeah. I think it's really interesting given the different kind of approaches that we've had. Yes, yeah, yeah. I might, I might come wearing my Stetson. <laughs> mind you, mind you, I think if I tried to go on a Western, people would be saying, "No, Mark, you don't. That doesn't fit the, you know, just like Benedict Cumberbatch. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not able to do the rugged uh, out west stuff." Um, and so it, it's on the weekend of the the twentieth um, and the twenty first. Twenty twenty first, and that's first cow, Kelly Reichardt's first cow um, on the Saturday. Uh, the 20th, um, Zama, uh, Lucretia Mattel's fantastic Zama uh, on the 21st. Um, and the discussion is, let me just, is on the 21st yeah. as well. And Jane Campion's 
the Power of the Dog opens on Friday the 19th um, and will play for at least a week at Watershed. And you can find out more information um, on Lola's New Frontiers Myth and Masculinity at watershed.co.uk. Um, so thank you both very much um, for taking part in the podcast and we shall see you again in the cinema at Watershed this month. Thank you very much. Thank Look you. forward to it. Thank you, Mark.